There are now more than 800,000 shows in Apple Podcasts. And here's a closer look. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. On December 10th, 2019, Apple Podcasts surpassed this great milestone of 800,000 valid podcasts. And to celebrate, I launched a new podcast industry statistics page, which is updated every night over at mypodcastreviews.com slash stats. And instead of sending you to the show notes for this episode, although you can go to the audacity to podcast.com slash 800 K 800 and the letter K to share this episode. If you want, I really recommend that if you want to follow along, instead, look at mypodcastreviews.com slash stats. It's a free page, no opt-in, anything like that. You can look at that page as it is to follow along with the stats that I'm going to discuss in this episode. Now, I'm recording this on December 12th, 2019. The stats update every night, so the numbers I'm going to say in this episode are based on what's current as of the night of December 11th, 2019. But you're going to be looking at the stats page on a different date. So the numbers are going to be different. Probably the percentages and patterns will be very similar, but this might be very interesting for you to be able to look at the stats page and see how quickly or how hugely the numbers have updated from when I'm recording this to when you're looking at the page. And that might be entertaining just as it is. So look at mypodcastreviews.com slash stats. I'm going to say a lot of numbers in this episode. I hope you'll follow along by looking at that page. First, the headline number, more than 800,000 podcasts as of the night of December 11th, 2019. And all these other numbers I'm about to share with you are based on that date. 802,788 total valid podcasts. First question you probably want to ask is, what is a valid podcast? And second question is probably, why is this number lower than some other numbers you've heard some people share? Like around this time, 830,000, 850, 900,000 even from some people. Well, both of these tie together. What I'm calling a valid podcast are the podcasts that you can subscribe to inside of Apple Podcasts and other podcast apps, and you can download their episodes. There have been many, many more podcasts added to Apple Podcasts over the last year, and my database that all of this data is built on and the system that I created to track all of this and update it every day, that database contains more than 900,000 podcasts, but many of them have been removed from Apple Podcasts, and there is a surprisingly large number that aren't actually podcasts, because a while back, Apple moved all of the courses from iTunes University, or called iTunes U, from that section of iTunes into Apple Podcasts, which kind of makes sense because they are kind of subscribable content, but they're not podcasts you can subscribe to in other podcast apps. They're exclusive to Apple Podcasts. Therefore, I don't really consider them valid podcasts because you can't get them in other podcast apps. And thus, I'm not counting them in my numbers. I don't know how these other companies are generating their numbers that they claim of how many podcasts are out there, But most likely, they're either not accounting for the iTunes U content, or they're not accounting for podcasts that were removed from Apple Podcasts. I know how my number is generated. I mean, I'm the one who built the system that's generating this database and updating it, both with additions and removals, 
and even updating it with when podcasts are re-added to the catalog. I know how my system works. So I'm obviously biased toward the accuracy of my numbers. And before you ask, no, I'm not going to share with you the trade secrets of how exactly my system works. But because I know exactly how my system works, I believe these numbers and they're updated daily. 802,788 total valid podcasts in Apple Podcasts. That number does change on a daily basis due to additions, removals, hidings, and such. That's a lot of podcasts, but don't let that number intimidate you as we'll break it down a little bit more going forward. The next total number, and this is an even bigger number, 27,677,291 total episodes available in RSS feeds. This is not a total of how many podcast episodes there have ever been released. This isn't even a total of how many podcast episodes you can download through the internet. This is based on how many episodes are available inside of RSS feeds right now, or at the time of this recording and at the time that this data was updated on December 11th, 2019. Take Twit, for example. This Week in Tech is one of the oldest podcasts out there. I think it was the first or one of the first podcasts I ever listened to. They've got hundreds of episodes, but you look at their RSS feed right now and you see only 10 episodes, which I think is totally acceptable for a current events news-based podcast like that. What matters in the last couple weeks of tech is interesting, but what happened in the week 50, 100 weeks ago, probably not so interesting or relevant anymore. So it makes sense that they only put out 10 of their latest episodes. This is the same for many, many other podcasts, sometimes by choice, sometimes by default. For example, WordPress, by default, puts only 10 items in the RSS feed. PowerPress, I believe, defaults to 50 now. Some tools default to 100. Some maybe even go as high as 300 by their default. Most of these publishing tools, you can change that number. And for your own podcast, the more timeless your content is, the higher I think that number should be. Some podcasts even have thousands of episodes available in their RSS feeds, but not very many podcasts have made it that far. So when you look at how many episodes are available, anything beyond 10, because I haven't found any distribution tool that has a default lower than 10. Maybe there are one or two out there like that, but I haven't seen them. So I think it's reasonable to assume there is no default limit below 10. But anything above 10 becomes very inaccurate to measure or draw conclusions from because taking Twit, for example, they have hundreds of episodes that they've published, but only 10 in their RSS feed. So if you looked at that just based only on the raw numbers, you might say, Twit has only done 10 episodes. They're a 10-episode podcast, and that's it. When that's not actually the case, they've done hundreds of episodes. So anything 10 episodes or higher really needs to be lumped together just as is, and you can't make conclusions based on those higher numbers. You can't even draw a complete average to say the average podcast has released this many episodes because that average would be based on inaccurate data. That's why when you look at my stats page, I cut everything off at 10 episodes and just lump it all together to say 10 or more episodes. Now, you could draw a conclusion of how many episodes are available or how many podcast episodes do podcasters make available on average or different numbers, but that doesn't mean that's how many episodes they've made. 
So right now, that total is about 27.7 million available podcast episodes. And Apple Podcasts will display only 300 episodes at most in their podcast catalog. But if your feed contains more than 300 episodes, as soon as someone subscribes to your podcast, they have access to all of those hundreds of episodes to download or stream as they wish. Let's take a look at the growth over time. In my last update of these numbers from December 11th, 2019, 2,320 podcasts were added on that one day. Over the last 90 days, 97,248 podcasts have been added. Nearly all of these are brand new podcasts being added fresh to Apple Podcasts. I've been tracking the Apple Podcast catalog since the end of 2018, so it's possible that some of these, quote, added or new podcasts, unquote, are podcasts that had been hidden or removed from Apple Podcasts for years, like before I started tracking things, and have just recently been re-added. But the actual number of those is very low. It's like a couple hundred per week, not the thousands per day of new podcasts. And even just to say per day is not really accurate to say because the Apple Podcast team is managed by actual humans who are approving podcasts. And you can go to mypodcastreviews.com slash stats and see a little chart of the last seven days of additions and removals. And you're going to see this chart fluctuate. Some weeks, there are a lot of podcasts added on Monday and almost nothing added on Tuesday. Some weeks, it's the other way around. A lot of podcasts added on Tuesday, almost nothing on Monday. That's the case from this last week when I'm recording this, but it might not be the case from when you're looking at the page. This fluctuates, of course, also for holidays. If it's Thanksgiving here in the U.S. or Christmas or Apple Podcast team is taking a break, which is a very well-deserved break from all the stress we give the Apple Podcast team. When they're taking a break, they're not approving as many podcasts, if at all. And so those numbers are going to be much lower. They also don't usually approve podcasts on the weekends. There are some technical things that happen automatically, like some of the additions and removals and such. And so I've adjusted my system to account for that and update things a little bit differently on the weekends. So you're typically going to see almost no activity on the weekends except automated removals. But most of the activity happens during the weekdays. And typically you're going to see a couple hundred or so podcasts removed each day. So over 97,000 have been added in the last 90 days. About 24,000 have been removed in the last 90 days. So that's a growth rate of 70 to 75,000 per 90 days. That could be dramatically different in 2020 and the years ahead. I think we're going to see that number continue to climb. In 2019, more than 200,000 podcasts were added to Apple Podcasts. In 2020, that could be 300,000 or 400,000. I, the one thing I'm quite certain of is we will hit 1 million podcasts in Apple Podcasts in 2020. That will be a really fun day to celebrate. You're welcome to place your bets on what day that will be. There's going to be no reward for those bets, probably, but you're welcome to still play that little game if you want to. Now, why are podcasts removed from Apple Podcasts? The first thing I need to make sure you understand is Apple does not remove podcasts for being inactive. I'll talk more about what is inactive, but at least for this case right now, 
inactive being no new episodes published. I think there's a lot of great timeless content out there that needs to stay in Apple Podcasts. I know some of it frustrates us sometimes when we see these very old podcasts still ranking better and such, but as long as the podcast is technically still available, it stays in Apple Podcasts. I would like to see them adjust their ranking algorithm and search algorithm a little bit, but I think timeless content, even if it's years old, if it's timeless and there's been no new activity in the podcast, I think it's still worth surfacing that great, valuable, timeless content, especially if it's been highly consumed. Take, for example, a great podcast I discovered in 2019 and really enjoyed, The Deca Tapes. Only a few episodes, I think maybe eight episodes, short-run miniseries, that was really entertaining. I liked that series. It does have some explicit language here and there, but a really interesting sci-fi storytelling podcast. I like the way they told the story. It had me intrigued all the way through to the end, and it was only about eight episodes. You might do a miniseries that teaches a single topic and you have 10 episodes and each episode is a particular step to get into that industry and that's it. I think that timeless content should still be surfaced and there's certainly plenty of that and Apple is at least currently not removing podcasts for simply not having activity. But why does Apple remove podcasts from Apple Podcasts? I've seen three particular reasons. There might be more, but these are the three that I see right now. The first one, the most common reason podcasts are removed from Apple Podcasts are for technical problems. And I typically see this caused by two things. One is an inaccessible feed, a 404 error, a server error, something like that. The feed isn't accessible at all anymore. That's the most common reason I see podcasts removed from Apple Podcasts. The second technical reason is blog posts or other content pushing out podcast episodes from an RSS feed. This typically happens when you have a site-wide RSS feed where the feed contains both podcast episodes and other content. Especially if you don't keep the podcast as current as the other content, at some point that other content will push out those episodes. That's why I highly recommend you submit a podcast-only RSS feed to podcast apps so that RSS feed will only ever contain only podcast episodes. That's a podcast-only RSS feed and then that wouldn't be subject to this problem. These are the two most common problems I see, inaccessible feeds and podcast episodes pushed out of RSS feeds. If a podcast is removed from Apple Podcasts for technical reasons, and those technical problems are fixed, then it's not a problem to get that podcast put back into Apple Podcasts. You don't have to resubmit it or anything like that. The team can just simply reapprove it, however that they moderate that. And my system does not track those as additions But my system does track when a podcast goes offline from the catalog and when it comes back online. And I see some interesting things. I think these technical problems have, and this is pure conjecture on my part, probably about a two to three day grace period before Apple will remove the podcast. So if your feed becomes unavailable for 30 minutes because of website downtime or some technical problem, that doesn't mean your podcast is instantly going to be removed from Apple Podcast. I think they give you a little bit more leeway there. I suspect it's about two to three days. I don't really know for sure. If you plan for your podcast RSS feed to break for several days, definitely let me know and I can track it for you to see how quickly Apple removes it from the catalog. But how many of us really know when our RSS feed is going to break, if ever? Yeah. So Apple removes things most often for technical problems. 
The other two reasons I see Apple remove podcasts are because of the podcaster's choice, either hiding or removing their podcast. Maybe they're hiding it for a temporary reason, or maybe they're removing it completely. They've decided, I don't want this podcast online anymore for whatever reasons, and they then hide it or remove it. And you can now hide podcasts and re-enable them through Podcast Connect. And keep in mind, if you hide it from Apple Podcasts, that also hides it from other podcast apps and directories that pull from Apple Podcasts. The same goes for technical problems. Anytime a podcast is removed from Apple Podcasts, it's also removed from visibility in these other places. That doesn't mean it's removed for your subscribers, but that's a, a separate issue. The third reason I see Apple remove podcasts from Apple Podcasts is for policy violations. In the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of podcasts removed for keyword stuffing. And I've seen some days where I don't know what the Apple team has been doing. Maybe they get a bounty for the number of podcasts they remove. I, I don't know. Just maybe they have some game with it. But I've seen thousands of podcasts removed on some days. That's not very often that it will be that high. Usually it's only a couple hundred podcasts removed per day, but sometimes it can be more than that. And policy violations are serious to Apple. Those could be keyword stuffing. Those could be violating the clean versus explicit tag use. Those could be for other reasons, copyright, trademark things. It could be for someone trying to game the system with fake chart positioning and such. Apple has said that they will remove podcasts that try to game the system or violate their policies. So that's another reason that Apple removes podcasts. So these three reasons are technical problems, hiding or removing by choice, and policy violations. Apple does not remove podcasts simply for being inactive. But let's talk about active versus inactive. I have this data, again, at mypodcastreviews.com slash stats. How do we really define what is an active podcast versus an inactive podcast? People will say different things. The way that I'm defining it on the page, at least currently, is to say a podcast is active if it's published at least one episode in the last 90 days. And then the podcast is inactive if it has not published an episode in the last 90 days. Now, keep in mind, inactive does not necessarily mean those shows are dead, pod faded, pod flashed, or any other derogatory term that you want to use. Yes, inactive could include those, but it could also include those shows that have been ended or retired or put on hiatus or have an infrequent publishing schedule. For example, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History has an infrequent publishing schedule, and if he hasn't put out a new episode in 90 days, then his podcast would show up to my system as inactive. Not dead, not pod faded, not pod flashed or anything like that, just simply inactive. So I'm trying to use these active versus inactive labels to be non-judgmental and just purely focus on, well, is it active or is it inactive? Later on, I might refine the algorithm a little bit, but for now, that's the way I'm defining active versus inactive. Did it publish an episode in the last 90 days? And I use that on the page, and definitely if I change that in the future, that will be explained on the page under the active versus inactive podcast section. Right now, 41.71% of those 802.7 thousand podcasts, 41.71% are active. That is, have published an episode in the last 90 days leaving 58.29% inactive. So actual numbers, active currently, is 
334,849 podcasts have published an episode in the last 90 days. This percentage has gone up over time. This does include podcasts that may be pod flashes. That is, they publish one episode or two episodes maybe, and then nothing else. They're like a flash in the pan. They're so new that they aren't even pod fading because they didn't really come into existence much at all in the first place. I call those pod flashes. When a podcast just flashes into existence and then flashes out, there's almost no activity. And right now, just statistically, most of these single episode podcasts are coming from Anchor. I think that's because of how Anchor almost by default will submit anything someone creates as a podcast on Anchor, submits it to Apple Podcasts for them, even if there's only one episode ever in the feed. So if that happened in the last 90 days, that will be counted by my system as active right now. I think we could look at better labels and algorithms for the future, and certainly I'll be building that into the stats page at some point. But you do need to know that those are included in the active numbers. We'll narrow this down a little bit going forward. But 41.71% currently active. This has increased in the last several months. For a while, that number was hovering around 38 or 39%. More recently, 41.71%. So that's pretty cool to see more activity, or at least more new podcasts launching. Next, podcasts by available episodes in the feeds. Keep in mind the feed episode limits that are sometimes imposed by defaults, maybe not changed, maybe they're imposed by the podcaster's own choice. So anything of 10 and beyond, I lump together. The way it's looking right now, of all of those podcasts, active and inactive, 14.78% have only one episode in their feed. That is 118,616 podcasts have only one episode. That could be a podcast that launched literally yesterday with only one episode. That could also be a podcast that pod flashed and they put out one episode 90 days ago and they're never going to have another episode again. That could be a podcast that pod flashed years ago with only ever one episode in their feed. And it could even include those podcasts that are being bumped out by other items in their RSS feed. But right now, where it stands, episodes available in RSS feeds, not episodes that have been published, but are what are, are available right now in the feeds. 14.78% have one episode. 13.90% have two to three episodes in their feeds. 20.9% have four to nine episodes in their feeds. And 50.43%, so more than half of all podcasts have 10 or more episodes in their feeds. That's 404,812 podcasts have 10 or more episodes in their feeds. I don't break it down beyond 10 because of those different feed episode limits. I really don't think it's helpful data because of the variation there, unless you simply want to know how many episodes do podcasters make available. I can show that data. And I do offer a new podcast data concierge service for high-level, industry-level statistics that you might want on the podcast industry. Not really for individual podcasts, but if you want this kind of data for your industry or you want custom queries like a list of all of the podcasts that match a certain query, you want the web address, you want the podcast name, you want only podcasts that have more than five episodes or more than 10 episodes in their feed, you want 
only podcasts with so many ratings and reviews from only certain categories, and you even want the email addresses from those podcasts. That's the kind of thing I offer through my podcast data concierge service, really targeted toward agencies, professional podcasters, or podcast service providers, and priced accordingly for that and for the value that that information provides. If you're interested in that, click on the button for the podcast data service over at mypodcastreviews.com slash stats. Most likely, that's not something you need. But if you have a podcasting agency or you want that top-level, industry-level information, like if you provide services for podcasters or book interviews for podcasters and you want a list of targeted podcasts, let's talk. Because I think I can provide some data that would be really valuable to you and your clients. But jumping back here to this statistical information, let's break down those numbers of episodes and podcasts with those numbers of episodes by their active and inactive state. Again, based on have they published at least one episode in the last 90 days. This is where things start to really look interesting for the longevity of podcasts. Of all of those podcasts that have put out one episode, uh, which is 118.6 thousand, the majority of them have not published an episode in the last 90 days. 94.5 thousand of those single episode podcasts have not published a single episode in the last 90 days. That's a big number. Unfortunately, statistically, most of these are from Anchor. And I think that's more of how Anchor positions themselves and the default options they enable than the podcasters themselves. 24,000 of those single episode podcasts have released an episode in the last 90 days. Maybe they're brand new, like literally yesterday. Maybe they're getting a start. Maybe they are a pod flash, but they just haven't been bumped out of that 90-day window yet. The numbers are very similar for two to three episodes, with 84.4 thousand being inactive and 27,000 being active for podcasts with four to nine episodes available in their feeds, 111.8 thousand inactive and 55.8 thousand active podcasts. Now notice so far, it's been heavily weighted toward the side of inactive for one episodes, two to three episodes, four to nine episodes, very heavily weighted toward most of these podcasts have not released an episode in the last 90 days. That changes statistically when you get 10 episodes or more. For 10 or more episodes in the RSS feed, 177,000 inactive podcasts, but 227.7 thousand active podcasts that have published an episode in the last 90 days. Some people would want to say that that is what defines an active podcast or a way to say this is an active or ongoing podcast. Ongoing might be a good label. And I'm playing with different labels for how to define this in the future, but 227,000 podcasts. So that is roughly 28.3%. I say roughly because I just did the math based on the hundreds of thousands, not the the hundreds. Roughly 28% of all podcasts have 10 or more episodes with at least one episode being published in the last 90 days. You could call those the ongoing podcasts or the actively publishing or the mature podcasts or something like that. The exact labels, I don't know. But it's really encouraging to see that when you hit that 10 episode mark, that then the balance switches from more podcasts are active than inactive at that level. Where I think that can encourage you is that that's an important milestone 
make it 10 episodes and you might have a good rhythm in place. You might have some good momentum to really get going. My first podcast I ever did, The Ramen Noodle, my clean comedy podcast, it took me two years to put out nine episodes. And oh, the irony, once I got to that 10th episode was when I really committed and started making it a nearly weekly thing and then put out hundreds of episodes over the next several years. So try and make it to that 10 episode mark and beyond. Another way to look at this activity of podcasts, and this is the next chart on the page at mypodcastreviews.com slash stats, is how many podcasts are out there based on the age of their latest episode. I've split this into 0 to 7 days, 8 to 30 days, 31 to 90 days, 91 to 365 days, then 1 to 2 years, 2 to 3 years, 3 to 4 years, 4 to 5 years, and 5 or more years. Here's how that lines up. 145,000, this is the second largest group from all of those I just mentioned, 145.3,000 have been published in the last 0 to 7 days. This is the much more accessible number I think you need to think about. We can talk about how many total podcasts there are in Apple Podcasts, how many have published an episode in the last 90 days, all of that. Sure, we can talk about that. But I think this is the most important number. 145,349 podcasts have put out an episode in the last seven days. Do you want to call these weekly podcasts? Maybe. Edison Research would draw that conclusion to say that if they've published an episode in the last week, they are therefore weekly. Sure, you could look at it and interpret it that way if you want. I'm not going to say that is definitely the way you should interpret it, because this could certainly include those pod flashes that have launched in the last seven days. But still, this is the number I think you should keep in mind. 145,000 podcasts published an episode in the last seven days. So instead of thinking your podcast is one of 800,000, your podcast might be one of 145,000 instead if you are publishing on a weekly basis. It's a much smaller piece of this really big podcast pie. And if you can stay publishing consistently weekly, then you can stay in that much smaller pond. And this number changes radically when you start looking at specific categories as well. Like how many of these podcasts are publishing weekly in your particular category? Maybe you can stand out in that way. Maybe most of the podcasts in your category haven't published an episode in the last week, but you can. The next number is 8 to 30 days, 93,000. 31 to 90 days, 83,000. 91 to 365 days, so between three months and one year, is 159,000. And by the way, this is excluding those numbers from before. So like the zero to seven days podcasts are not included in the eight to 30 days, obviously by their raw numbers, you can tell. So three months to one year age of their latest episode, 159.6 thousand, latest episode being one to two years old, 107.4 thousand, two to three years old, 48.9 thousand, three to four years old, 34.9 thousand, four to five years old, only 22 thousand, and then five years or older age for their latest episode, 93.8 thousand. Those are definitely retired shows if they haven't put out an episode in five years or more. The most popular of this, at least the way that I'm breaking it down, is three months to one year for their latest episode age. But I think the most important number to look at is how many have published an episode in the last 
seven days. And this is not the age of all episodes in their feed. It's not saying this many episodes have been published in the last week. I mean, if you have a daily show, you're going to show up once in this zero to seven days number as just one podcast, even though you've published seven episodes. So it's not counting the number of episodes that have been published in these time periods. It's counting how many podcasts have published an episode, the latest episode in these different time periods. So I really suggest you focus on being in that zero to seven number to publish an episode every week. And then that's a much smaller piece of the pie. Then you can focus on being there for your audience. You can focus on being that podcast that's consistent in your niche. Maybe the only podcast consistently publishing in your niche. And as you start to focus on niche things, and this is part of what my podcast data concierge service can do, is if you want to find out podcasts that meet a certain criteria, certain keywords, certain episodes, certain activity levels in a certain category, I can do that for you through the podcast data concierge service. It is a high-level premium service. It's really targeted toward agencies or those who work with many other podcasters or those who have a popular podcast that want to evaluate certain aspects, industry-level aspects of their podcast. I don't measure downloads, streams, or subscriptions. That is really on your podcast hosting provider like Blueberry or Captivate or someone else like that. But I can show you some of this industry-level information either for your podcast and how some of this ties together or for a selection of podcasts that you want a list of 100 podcasts that meet a particular criteria or you want to know certain things there and there's some other really cool secret stuff that I can pull too that you might be interested in hiring me to pull those custom queries for you right now it's a pilot program there's pilot pricing that is priced based on the value that I believe the service is in providing this data and you can find out more information about that over at mypodcastreviews.com slash stats, as well as simply go there and view these latest stats and see how these numbers have changed from when I'm recording this right now to when you're looking at the stats. And if you want to read more about my excitement and the special little press release that I put out when I launched this page, then go over there. That press release will be available at least through the month of December 2019. And that's all over at mypodcastreviews.com slash stats. Now, why? Why did I do this? Why am I offering this information? And why over at mypodcastreviews.com? And by the way, if you don't know what mypodcastreviews.com is, it's a service I created to help you see and share all of your podcast reviews from every country. Did you know that Apple Podcasts is available in 155 different countries? Back in the old days of iTunes, you could scroll down to the bottom, click on the flag icon, and switch your country to see your podcast listing inside of Canada or the United Kingdom or the United States of America or any other country. But you'd have to find your podcast again, and then you couldn't copy or paste your reviews once you found them. You wouldn't receive notifications of your latest reviews. You couldn't share those reviews easily. you just have to take a screenshot. It was really cumbersome to do that. So back in 2014, I launched mypodcastreviews.com to aggregate all of that data for you and send you your latest reviews automatically. There is a free plan for personal use only, not for business-oriented shows. And business-oriented shows are shows that are sponsored by a business, promote a business, hosted by a business, that uh, take advertising and sponsorships, that talk about business-related topics. The free plan 
the personal plan, is not available for business-oriented podcasts. But if you have a hobbyist podcast, which, wow, I'm surprised how many Dungeons & Dragons podcasts there are out there, and a lot of them use my podcast reviews. I'm really surprised how many of them use my podcast reviews, and that's really cool. There is a free plan for you where you can get monthly updates of all of your podcast reviews that come out during that month, and you can see those reviews in your email. You can copy and paste them. You get shareable links. So if you want to share a review onto social networks, you'll be able to do that. And then the paid plans not only unlock the ability for you to have business-oriented podcasts in your account, but also for you to track multiple podcasts, uh, whether those are your own podcasts or your competitors. Maybe you want to see what kind of reviews your competitor is getting so you can learn how to make your podcast better than your competitors. You could use my podcast reviews for that as well. And I've been building an all-new version of my podcast reviews that's going to give you a lot more data for your podcast beyond simply ratings and reviews. That's coming slated for 2020. And in the process of building that, I've been collecting a lot of data, which is where all of this data is coming from. I decided way back when I first published a data-heavy blog post on my website, theaudacitypodcast.com, near the end of 2018, I posted an article, What New Data shows about podcast hosting clients and some interesting conclusions from that, some data that no one had ever seen or shared in the industry before, some stuff I was really proud of. I knew then I wanted some kind of dashboard where people could see the latest number of podcasts available and track that on a daily basis. That's now available over at mypodcastreviews.com slash stats. Doesn't cost you anything to visit that page. You can see it there. You can cite that information as well. I have a basic description there of how to cite that, but you're free to look at that information. And even if you're a company that wants to display this information on your own website, I do have an API that you can license access to as well if you're interested in that, to be able to display that maybe on your hosting dashboard or something else like that. If you have a need for data, let's talk because maybe I can help you with that. Contact me through that website, mypodcastreviews.com slash stats. But also, maybe you're just a stats junkie and you want to go there every day and see how many podcasts are there today, how many podcasts were added yesterday, how many podcasts have published an episode in the last 90 days or in the last seven days. You can see that now over at that dashboard at mypodcastreviews.com slash stats. And if you want to see your own reviews for your podcast delivered to you automatically, through email, RSS, you can view it on the website, sort, filter, and more, sign up for a plan over at mypodcastreviews.com. And you're going to see some really cool things coming soon over there. Mypodcastreviews.com is a product and service that I created and does have an option for if you're a hobbyist podcaster with one podcast, there's an option for you to use it completely free. Check it out, mypodcastreviews.com. If you'd like to comment on this data that I shared, there's not a comment section on the stats page, but if you want to comment on my conclusions, what I shared in this episode, then go to the show notes for this episode at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 800K. That's 800 and the letter K. And start that conversation over there or share this episode out, which is one of the best ways you can support this podcast is by sharing it and telling other people about it. Most likely, the coolest thing you'll want to share is that stats page. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to start and grow your own podcast. 
I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the Thanks for listening.